everyone. Welcome back to another episode of Girlish. My name is Gage, and I'm here with my co-host, Olivia. Hey, everyone. It's me. So we are back today. Again, we're dropping things. Um, yeah, sorry. We're, <laughs> so we're going to be talking about surgery, and this is something that I feel like a lot of people stress about because on the surface, surgery seems very complicated. There's a lot of steps and lots of recovery and all of that type of thing. But when you're trans, it's just like on a completely another level. A lot of people don't really realize how much goes into planning for a surgery. And we are both like in the process of scheduling and getting surgeries. So we just thought it would be fun and obviously informative for us to kind of explain like the different steps that we've had to take different requirements and things that we've had to go through, especially since I'm in Florida. I mean, just kidding. You're in Florida. I'm in California. (laughs) So like, obviously our experience isn't going to be the same across the country, but like, I think it's a good idea to share that since we are on two separate ends of the country. I obviously don't know my geography today, which is fine, but like, yeah. Wow. Welcome to Florida. Oh my god! Um, well, thank you. I love that so much. Also, shout out to my really bad farmers tan. We were talking about <laughs> it beforehand. Um, I'm going to the beach, though. Hopefully, it'll get better. But yeah, this episode is going to be very fun. I'm excited uh, to to kind of dive into it because uh, yeah, there's been a lot of things going on behind the scenes regarding surgery from both you and I, and um, a lot of things that I really want to talk about because. The idea of getting surgery when you're trans is so exciting. It's so like awesome to be able to be like, yeah, like this can change for me. But like, no, I feel like it's never really talked about the amount of stress and pressure leading up to it and the things that you have to do. It's always like, I feel like, you know, everything's glamorized as like the surgery being like the, I don't know, this amazing thing. And then it is. And once you get it, it is. But like, it's really hard getting to that point. And so we're both going to talk about kind of like those requirements that you need, um, like everything that leads up to getting surgery. Um, And so I'm very excited to do that. You know, obviously ours are in very different ends of the spectrum. We're we're definitely in different parts of our transition. And I think it's really cool to kind of have both of our points of view, especially being that I'm in California and you're in Florida. Yeah, and, we um, like switch spots. It's fine. <laughs> Evidently. <laughs> no, but the fact that I, I'm on the East Coast, you're in the West Coast, and like I feel like that's like a really good kind of show, especially because I'm in the South, you're in a place that's more progressive, how like how different it can be um, in terms of like med- medic, like like help and um, surgery and like whether you need like letters and stuff. So I don't know. I think it's going to be really fun and really cool to kind of talk about all of this and um Yeah, I'm really excited. But before, obviously, we jump into this episode, we like to kind of talk about the things, you know, happening in our lives, you know, things we've been doing lately and what's been going on. So how's your or how's your week been? Everything been good? Um, I mean, yeah, it's been okay. I like I feel like for the next three weeks that we record these, I'm going to be complaining about work because like it's just been a lot, but it's been getting better just making my way through. Oh, I actually have a three-day weekend this week because we're going to Disneyland. Oh, hell yeah. I'm so excited. Yeah. We haven't gone to Disneyland in like two years. Typically we go like every year, but obviously we couldn't because of COVID and everything. So we're going on Monday with a few friends, which is going to be really fun. Um, And then my parents are coming to visit at the end of the month too. And then we're going to go back to Disneyland. So we're going to Disneyland twice (laughs) in this month, which is, I'm so excited. So yeah, you're, I mean, you're fully vaxxed now. I'm fully vaccinated. Yeah. The vaccine kind of kicked my ass a little bit, but like it was just got the second one. Yeah. I just got the second one on Monday. So I got it on Monday. And then that night I was like, Oh no, like I kind of have a headache. And then I woke up in the morning. I was like, sweating like I had cold sweats all day like my body didn't know how to regulate its own temperature and I was so tired and my job like I have to be on the phone 24 7 and I remember this one call specifically I was using an interpreter the person that I was talking to spoke Armenian so I needed an interpreter and like I would ask her a question I would be like is your vehicle still drivable and she would talk for literally five minutes. 
And I was like, it was a yes or no question, babe. But like, anyway, like she would talk for five minutes and then the interpreter would have to pause and like, remember everything that she said and then interpret what she just said back to me. So it was like, I would ask a question and then there was a five minute gap between when I next spoke. So like that whole time, like when she was talking, I just like kept nodding off and I was like falling asleep and I was trying so hard not to fall asleep in the middle of that call. And yeah, it was, it was a struggle, especially since like I have to talk to people all day and like be happy and do good customer service and blah, blah, blah. And that was a struggle, but I survived and I've heard a lot of people had it worse than me. So I can't really complain. I was just tired and sweaty. Yeah. I, the second shot always kicks everyone's ass or for the most part, a lot of people. Cause when I got mine, it was, um, I didn't get mine that long ago, maybe like three, four weeks ago now. But um, it was like intense, like, and I was just not expecting it to be what it was. Like, I I thought that night I was going to experience symptoms, but like, I didn't realize it was like the next day that people typically experience the symptoms. Mm -hmm. So I woke up the next day and like with an awful headache and then like, it was really bad, like cold sweats. And then my bones were like, I I can't describe it other than like, I felt like my body was clenching up. And so, like, I was, like, walking, like, so, like, hunched over just because I was, like, it was just, like, body body soreness. So, um, it was, like, really bad. And I think, like, 102 fever. But, yeah. So, but luckily, it was crazy because, like, it was, like, really bad for, like, a lot, like maybe, like, six hours. And then um, all of a sudden, like, out of nowhere, just, like, went away. Like, went, went away. And like just so yeah. quickly, it wasn't like a, like a slow like wind down. I just like I like took like a ten minute nap. I remember, and then I woke up, and then I was like better. And I was like, what the fuck? That happened to me too. Like I was dying. I took a nap on my lunch break, and then by the time I got off work, I was like completely fine. It was fucking it's weird. Crazy. I was like, well, how did I go from point A to point B so quickly? <laughs> Our our body's fully updated. Yeah, we, we finished our update. It's crazy, like, because yeah. I was when I got my vaccine, I took a picture of my vaccination card, and she was like, "Remember to cut that up when you get home, because people are like stealing vaccination cards and claiming that they're theirs and blah blah blah." And apparently, we're gonna have to like show our vaccination card at the airport and like when we go to the bar or like a sporting event or something it's just going to be like our our new id so like yeah apparently people are really trying to get their hands on that card so they can go outside instead of actually just going to get the vaccine when it's free i've Uh, heard like yeah there's like a there's like a black market for like covid cards like literally just go get it it's free yeah, there's been this like huge thing that I've been seeing on over social media where it's like a lot of these people who are like more conservative leading who don't want to get the vaccine are all talking about like getting like these illegal like COVID or vaccine reports, but at the same time will tell like uh like um will tell and undocumented people that they need to get their papers, they need to do it the right way and like and all this stuff. And so it's just really interesting how um that's that's a thing. But yeah, I'm I'm really happy I'm fully vaccinated as well. And I recommend that you guys go and do that too. It does suck for like a day, the second one for sure. But honestly, like I just am so happy that I'm able to just like not leave my house and not be worried that I'm potentially harming someone else or potentially harming myself. And it's like really, really great. So I, mm-hmm. I definitely recommend that you guys go and do that. But I'm excited for your Disney trip. Me it too. Sounds like a lot of fun. I'm gonna buy a pair of Minnie Mouse ears and be a little <sighs> bitch. I can't it. It's funny because like growing up, because I live in Florida, so like Disney was always there. But anytime we would go, it's like only like the rich people had like the Dis- the the Mickey Mouse ears. So it's like those are the bougie people. So I love that. So every time in my head, I'm like, that's like, that's like, when you go to Disney World, you have to get that. You have well, to. Well, they are expensive. So yeah, technically it is the rich bit. <laughs> like it's yeah. like literally a piece of fabric with two ears and they're like right. $80. Like I have one that's like Star Wars. The only reason I don't even really like Star Wars, to be honest. The only reason I got it is because it like lights up in the dark. And I thought that was so cool. So 
Yeah, I have like these little Star Wars ones, but I want some that are like more traditional, you know? I want to go back to yeah. my conservative Disney roots. <laughs> I love you being um, just like an, you should, what is it called? Disney bounding? Where you like dressed up as like a Disney character, but like not obviously. So it's kind of like you're just wearing like clothes that kind oh, of resemble. Yeah. And so I, I've always thought that was really funny. It feels very Facebooky to me. But Disney is like a really nice place. Did you see? It's like, very immersive. People were making fun of people, other people on Twitter, like when Disneyland first opened, I think, and like there was all those pictures of people crying. <laughs> oh my god! And there are like people from like Disney fans need to be stopped. Like we've been in a pandemic for like a year and a half. Like if someone wants yeah. to cry at Disneyland and they're happy, like just, what's the point? Like let them do them. Okay, it's yeah. not being mean. It's, it's me. I feel, yeah, I mean, I think it's okay to have, like, let people like things. Because, yeah, like, like, obviously, like, everyone has their different interests. And, like, I I, I, I respect, like, the, like, those, like, people that are, like, really into, like, this. Because, like, I know that, like, you know, as a kid, sometimes a lot of this, like, signifies nostalgia and stuff like that. And, like, Disney is a staple in a lot of people's house. They have a monopoly on everything. So it's kind of, it's kind of forced on us. But you know it's fine. Um, but yeah, I think I think that's that's fine, and I really enjoy Disney. Florida's Disney World, not that Disney World's better than Disneyland, but it is. Disney World is like really cool here because like like you have to take like this shuttle to get in, and it's very like it takes a while to get into the park, so it kind of feels like you're going out of Florida. And when you're actually in the park, you're very like it's very immersive, which is really really cool. And I feel like that's what people like. That's like the big difference I think people say with like Disneyland and Disney World. But um, I really want to go to Disneyland. So whenever I'm there, we have to go together. I was going to say we need to go together. Yeah, I'm so yeah. down because I haven't been in like since I was a kid. So I'm really mm-hmm. excited. Disneyland as is- an adult, I feel like is funner. I don't know. It's just a personal preference. Oh, yeah, you can drink and everything. You can literally drink and do the same yeah. fun things that you can do as, ch- as a right. kid. So like, Hello. Are the same rides like? Is there like um, is there like Space Mountain and stuff like that there? Yeah. So like, usually what they do is like they'll change the theme of the ride, but the ride will stay the same. Like the Tower of Terror switched to Guardians of the Galaxy, so it's like oh, technically wow, okay. the same ride, but it's just yeah different. And then also um, like the California Screaming roller coaster, they changed it to the Incredicoaster, so it's like the same thing. But it's branded with the Incredibles stuff. So, yeah, they do change it. I think there's, like, a new Star Wars ride, too. Oh, my God. My Star Wars ears. Perfect. I've heard. I mean, are you – okay. Are you going to bring the Star Wars ears with you? You have to switch them per ride. You do. do. You have to get one per ride. Yeah. That's so funny. I have to fit the ambiance, you know. Is there a Haunted Mansion there? Because I've heard that they're, like – changing the haunted mansion possibly to like a coco themed type thing i don't remember i don't know about that one i'm not because sure. haunted mansion was very um it's it's such like a a time piece where i feel like it's not that big of a movie but it's like everyone knows about it because of the ride at disney but i could be i don't know if like the parks have the same rides or if they're different but um yeah that seems fun i want to do that we should go whenever we whenever i go and visit Heck i agree yeah. All right. I'm trying to think what. Oh, okay. This past weekend, I got a tattoo. I got two tattoos. Multiple. Which I'm, really excited. I'm very jealous. Yes. Um, I went up to Savannah, Georgia, which um, uh, there's like an artist there that I love. Their name is Lydia. It's at uh, Riverside Tattoo Parlor. And it's a great place. Love Savannah, Georgia. Um, definitely really cool. Very like LGBT forward place in like in the south it's crazy once you get in the town like every every business has like a pride flag like it's and everyone that's walking down the streets are like um just seem like very like progressive it just like has that vibe but at the same time it's like it's also like historic you kind of get that you see the people that like have lived there for years and like it just seems like a nice collective group and i really loved it it's like it's like a part of the south you get that south vibe but it's not like it's not filled with like all these like white people who are like you're afraid are going to shoot you and like these big big pickup trucks. It's like really nice because like you're you're in Georgia, which is blue now, which is crazy. And um, yeah, I like 
loved it. And so getting there and going there was really, really cool. Um, and yeah, I got two pieces from Lydia. Uh, this right here, this uh, telephone that I got um, was from Lydia like uh, last year at some point. But I got um, some jacks on my arm. And then my other arm, I got some soda spilling, which I thought was cool. And they all have red in it because I, I really like how they color uh, their tattoos. But yeah, I'm a huge fan. And I uh, thought that was it was a really fun weekend. We got a hotel and it was a lot of fun. But you need to get more tattoos, and we always talk about it. But you need you need more, and I'm gonna drag I'm you to not. a tattoo I'm shop anytime. I'm literally with falling you. behind. I remember we were like, "Oh my god, we're gonna get so many tattoos," and I feel like you followed up with that and are getting so many tattoos. And I've had three for like the past three years, so no, I need to step it up. I don't know. Once I like stopped get like I can't like I can't I couldn't. Like, especially with this last time getting a tattoo, I think my last one was on my leg, I think. I'm not sure. But, um, uh, yeah, I, I like it was maybe like two or three months and I'm like, I can't do this. I cannot not get tattoos. So now it has, it's like a rhythm where like I feel like I always need a tattoo healing. So like I'm already setting up my next one. <laughs> I'm oh <my> awful. <laughs> yeah. But um, I'm really excited about that. But yeah, we we need a girlish tattoo. We'll do Honestly, it. Honestly, yeah. The- <laughs> Something girlish related, that would be cute. I'm yeah, so I think that would be cute. I'm so down too. I'm going to get tattoos everywhere. So I feel like if anyone, a stranger can come up to me on the street and is like, do you want a matching tattoo? And I'd be like, of course, <laughs> and I would get it. So I'm like, I'm so down to do that. But um, yeah, so that was a, a fun weekend and like a really good time. And I'm trying to think what else is up and happening. Um, a lot of you guys know I was in a car accident. Um, so I've been dealing with a lot of like issues regarding like my neck, my back, my shoulder, and like just like really bad like earaches and like uh, ringing in my ears. So it's been like a, a like a really, really hard process for me to go through. Um, so finally, I'm going to a physical therapist. So that just recently happened. And it's so great. It's so validating to have someone just like to like be able to um, to like validate what you're feeling and and being like this is why you're feeling it so that's just like a random thing that i just wanted to throw in there like physical therapy is great and if you're ever like in an accident or something i recommend it fully like it's so good and um yeah i'm really excited i'm starting more and more treatments next week i'll be going twice a week so it's been really good do it i recommend it if you um get into some sort of accident I've been like, we've been talking a lot about your accident because with my new position, I deal with injuries and car accidents. So it's just like been interesting to like understand like the whole process that you've been going through because like I actually know that part. Like before I could help you with like what happened to your car, but now I feel like I can kind of help you with your injuries too. So if anybody is so funny, let me know. I'll help you out. We like Emily and I. Um, we like I, I. We've been voice memoing a lot of the times, just like back and forth. We're like, "Hey, can you help us with this?" Or like, "We sent you something that our lawyer sent to us." And we're like, "What does this mean?" And like, you're able to just kind of like because you work in like um, in uh, yeah, insurance and stuff. You're able to kind of understand the lingo and what it means to kind of simplify it in like in like dumb terms for us yeah. like, process. Yeah. And like, it's so nice because I'm like because like. Yeah, like I don't. It's hard to kind of get in hold of, get in touch with a lawyer, and trying to ask those questions because a lot of times they're just like, "Yeah, let me deal with it." But I kind of I want to know what's happening, and I want to kind of know like what's going on. And so it's really nice to have you kind of help us through that. So I'm very appreciative. It's so funny because like it's it's just like something so random. Like you're able to just help us with, and I know it's really great. It's kind of sad, like. I obviously don't want anybody to get into an accident, like any of my friends or like family. But in the back of my mind, I'm always like, well, if somebody was in an accident, <laughs> I would be able to help them. So like, it's not that bad, right? That's your hidden. Yeah. That's like my, love- my skill. That's my skill. Yeah. Yeah, that's what you can offer to the like mm-hmm. the table. Yeah. I, like, well, I'll, I'll be sitting in a dinner table. And it's like, what can you offer? And it's like, you, it's like, like, sort of legal advice insurance advice me i yeah. can like i can edit a video for you <laughs> or something 
Um, that's also that's really valid. Funny. It's very important to be tech savvy nowadays because the it robots is. are taking over soon. So, like, <laughs> yeah. Honestly, with my job, the robots could fucking edit for me because, like, <laughs> it's, I my job is so easy. So, like, yeah. And um, but yeah, every time I'm just like so like it's so easy. I'm so excited that you're able to like. Anytime someone has like a, a skill like that where they just kind of know that much and are able to help me with that, it's always like. Like, how do you have all that information in your head at all times? I know. Because, like, for me, I, like, I, like, I, because I, I do video editing and it's, like, it's, like, secondhand nature to kind of just do, like, little keyboard shortcuts, but it's, like, really easy and it's, like, just super simple and, like, literally my videos when I edit, I just put, like, a little picture in the beginning, a picture in the end and I just, like, export it and it's, like, and it's really easy. But for you, you have, like, a whole skill, like, that you learned and, like, you have to know all this lingo, all this lexicon and I'm just, like, I'm just so impressed by it because I'm, like, oh, my God. It's, I mean, it's useful. It definitely makes me want to pull out all of my hair a lot of the times, (laughs) but I, it does come in handy. I can, like, understand things better and I feel like more of an adult now that I have this job because like I actually understand insurance and like how the legal system works. So yeah, it's helped me mature as an adult. Are you, cause your mom also works in insurance. Do my you mom have conversations? Too. Yeah. My mom, like she does major law. So like she works for like multi-million dollar companies and all that stuff. And I just do car accidents. So like, obviously she's on a different level, but like, yeah, we just have like, boring insurance talk sometimes. <laughs> so my dad's like, the fuck are you saying? <laughs> I'm that's so cool though that you're able to like have that. Yeah. And like you have that guidance too. It's in your blood. It is in my blood. <laughs> my children, they're gonna be insurance justice too. <laughs> I love that. Or basketball players, depends. <laughs> Both. <laughs> yeah. But um I guess with that being said, we can um kind of jump into everything because um, you did something else this past week. You had a consultation, right? Yeah. So and... I had a consultation. It was a video consultation with my surgeon that was on Tuesday. So I kind of wanted to use that as like a segue into the topic of surgery. Um, for those of you who don't know or haven't listened to the recent podcasts, I am in the process of moving forward with bottom surgery. Um, I am in communication with Dr. Lay, Zara Lay, who's in Scottsdale. Um, she studied under Dr. Meltzer, who's also in Scottsdale. And he's like one of the most recognized surgeons for bottom surgery in the country. So I wanted to obviously go to somebody that had a lot of experience and was brought up the right way and like had a good success rate and there's no horror stories or anything like that. So I had my consultation it was over Skype and she basically just like explained like the whole process of the surgery, um, like dilation, all of the things that you need in order to actually schedule your surgery date. So I just thought it would be interesting for us to kind of talk about that. I know, I mean, if you're not interested in getting bottom surgery, that's perfectly fine. That's up to you, but there are a lot of people that are, and that whole process can be very stressful. So I wanted to like go through, I got an email from the surgery coordinator and she kind of just sent me like a list of everything that I need in order to have insurance coverage. And if you don't know, a lot of the times or a lot of insurance providers will actually cover trans-related surgeries if you can prove that it's medically necessary. Um, And to prove that it's medically necessary, most of the time you need like a referral. So in my instance, for bottom surgery, I need a referral from two, like, I guess, therapists or medical providers that have had experience with trans people and treating gender dysphoria. And I think we can kind of go into more detail about the referral part first, just because we both kind of had to deal with it. It's like, I'm, I don't know how I feel. I mean, Obviously, I think it's important to talk to somebody about making a life-changing decision, but I think at a certain point, like, we can choose what we would like to do with our body. And for me, having to go to a therapist to talk about my gender dysphoria after living it with it for six years and being on hormones for the, pretty much that amount of time, it's like, 
what am I going to talk about at therapy? Like the purpose of those sessions is to like confirm that this is something that I actually want to do and to confirm that like I'm going to keep living my life as my preferred gender, which is female. And I feel like it's just kind of redundant for me to go at this point since I'm so far into my transition. And it it's frustrating because it seems like a waste of time because you have to be seeing these people for a certain amount of time before they can clear you. So I'm like, I can't get my surgery because I have to go talk to somebody for six months about something that I've already made up my mind on. So it's like, that's annoying to me, the whole referral part. I get it, but it's like, at a certain point, why is it necessary? I don't get it. The referral thing, yeah, it's always so, it's so silly to me because like, I'm like, do you want me to just send you my YouTube channel? Do you just want me to like exactly. send you like the, every text verbatim that I've had with like my family? Like just of like me like actually being trans, actually going through this. Like, I mean, like my gender markers changed on my ID. Like um, I've, I've gone through all the legality part of like changing my name, but that's like not enough. Like you have to like for some reason have these letters written to you by like medical professionals and it just is, it seems so backwards. And like, I know like a part of me is like, I'm even grateful, especially after the last president that like, we're even able to get surgery. Um, but at the same time, it's like, there's still so much work that needs to be done because these like, we're adults and, um, and we're able to make that con- cautious conscience, con- whatever decision of like wanting to do that and putting ourselves through that. And if you're worried about like whether we're trans enough to get the surgery or not, like if we're going to you and if we're like asking for the surgery, then I would say that that's mentally ill enough to get the surgery. Like, like if we're willing to go through with all of this, especially with what you're going to get into regards to like all the pre and aftercare of surgery, like if you're willing to put yourself through all of that, then I think you're trans enough to get the surgery. And so... Yeah, I mean, the same in regards to like, it's frustrating even with things like top surgery because I'm trying to get a breast augmentation. I was in the I was in the works to get it, and um, <clears throat> and I can go more into that later. But um, yeah, uh, they they asked for like a, a letter, um, and it's just annoying because like when cis women want to get breast augmentation, they don't need a letter. Why don't they need a letter? Why do I need a letter? I've already, my gender marker and everything's already changed. Like it it doesn't make any sense. And like some places it's for insurance. So insurance can pay for it. But in Florida, you can't get insurance to pay for breast augmentations. So this is all coming out of pocket. So I'm going to a surgeon, I'm paying out of pocket. And I still have to provide letters to prove that I'm trans when cis women don't when they're getting a top surgery. So I don't understand or breast augmentation. So I just don't get it. And it's always been so frustrating to me because it it seems like it seems a little transphobic in nature to kind of have that as some sort of requirement i didn't know that you even if you're paying out of pocket in florida you still need a referral yeah i'm like paying the full surgery full surgery out of pocket because insurance doesn't cover it um and like i was required to get two letters from um uh, like mental health professionals or something are you kidding it's ridiculous. Like, I'm literally paying them. It's not. It doesn't have to go through insurance or anything. I'm literally paying them. They like do. They work through some network that essentially like validates who like them to do. The, I don't know. It's like some weird thing where they're like going by this like it's like this trans code like medical. I don't know. It's like weird. I don't W-Path. know how they described it. Something. Yeah, I think that's what it is or something. Yeah. So like they they like you they go through those guidelines or something and like. Um, and so they're making, yeah, they, they're, it's so annoying. Cause like for, for breast augmentation, cis women don't need, like, think about this. Cis women do not need to get any sort of letter to get taut surgery. I do. And it doesn't make any sense. Cause like I could just walk up into any random plastic surgeon's office, but I chose to go to like a gender specific surgeon's office. Um, and I don't know. It's just like, it is really annoying that I have to even deal with that. These letters are just like, it seems like a, it just seems so um, 
elitist too in a way where it's like how do you expect people like like to even have two resources they can get it's like it's like really ridiculous so i don't know yeah i mean to go like more in detail it's literally on my email it's called WPATH, that's the acronym, it stands for World Professional Association for Transgender Health. So that is like what most places go by in terms of insurance. If you want to have any surgery covered by insurance as a trans-related surgery that's medically necessary, that's what they use in order to get those documents from you. So I would say if you are planning on getting any type of gender-affirming surgery to first find the surgeon that you'd like to go to. And then I'd also recommend trying to figure out what they require in order to set up a date. Because a lot of people, I feel like probably will try and schedule a consultation with the surgeon first. And then after they've already paid a hundred or $200 for the consultation, they have to figure out that, oh, I can't even get the surgery yet because I have to go get electrolysis or I have to get laser hair removal or I have to get those doctor referrals or I have to be on hormones for this amount of time. So I think you should do your research first and see what you actually need before scheduling with the surgeon just to save you some time. Because if you do all of that beforehand, you'll be able to schedule your date a lot quicker. And for me, the second part for bottom surgery was in regards to hair removal, so electrolysis. And the next part might get like a little graphic because I think it's important to talk about it because my surgeon was like telling me that she's not going to require anybody to get electrolysis, but she told me what could potentially happen if you don't. So basically, if you are male to female, when you get surgery, they basically use what you already have to create your new genitalia. And in doing so, they use old parts. So if you have hair in specific parts that are repurposed to make your new genitalia, some of the hair growth that you have on those pieces of your body are going to stay. It depends. A lot of the, a lot of the times, like, they'll scrape the follicles off. So, like, it'll get rid of most of the hair. But, um, (laughs) sorry, people are playing Call of Duty in my house. Like, you know how it is. Anyways, um, like even when they scrape the hair, sometimes it'll still grow back. So my surgeon told me like, I'm not going to force you to get electrolysis. However, I have seen instances where somebody or the patient has chosen not to get electrolysis and they've experienced growth inside of their vagina. And for me personally, I don't know if people have different preferences, but that's personally not something that I really want to happen. Like, I don't even like having hair on my legs. So like having that, that it kind of gives me nightmares, to be honest. So like, yeah, I'm definitely going to get electrolysis and like the time frame and the time length that it takes to get electrolysis obviously varies based on how much hair you have. So it could take anywhere from six to 12 months. But I feel like for me, getting electrolysis and like dealing with the pain is not really what I'm concerned about because I've gotten laser hair removal. Like I know what it feels like. I'm sure it's just as painful, but like it's such an intimate or like an awkward thing, an awkward area to get treated. Like I'm going to be spread Eagle on a table, like my whole body exposed with somebody zapping me with like electrical rods, like in my crotch. So like, that stresses me out. And I was doing research. I was like trying to find a place to do it. But at the same time, I wanted to go somewhere that had experience with trans people because like, I don't just want to walk up in there and then they're expecting one thing and then they find out that I'm trans and then it's just like a whole awkward ordeal. So it's just been like really stressful trying to find an electrology place that's like, that has experience with trans people. And I found one, but the wait list is out until like July. So I have to wait until July to go see them. But at the end of the day, like I want to feel comfortable when I have my legs spread on a table and I'm getting electrocuted. So I'm going to wait that extra time in order to see the person that has experience. So that's just like another thing that you should probably think about, especially for this surgery is like, there's a lot of buildup. Like you have to get those referrals, you have to get electrolysis and 
in order for them to schedule your surgery date, you have to pretty much have all of those done at that point. So I would recommend getting a head start, trying to figure out what you need and scheduling all of that stuff because it'll just save you a lot of time and heartache at the end. And when I was like, this is kind of off topic. It's just like a funny thing. I was looking for like clinics to do electrolysis and I found one that's like down the street and I was looking on their website just to see if they had anything like translated. And at the bottom it said, all transgenders are welcome here. And I was like, oh, that's so cute. Like they love the transgendered community. Like maybe I should go here. Like, I don't know. It just, <laughs> I was just like, like I like how they added that. They're like, trying. Babe, you're a little bit outdated, but I, I see the effort and I, and like, I appreciate it. I just thought it was funny. Maybe you should go and educate them. Just be like, should you should say, go um, and be like, not transgendered. Hi, I'm a transgendered and I would like to update your website, please. Yeah. <laughs> oh my god. But that I mean that's cute that they that they they're have trying. that. They're, yeah, they're trying. But um yeah, I, I went to go to, uh, to a um uh a consultation with a surgeon in Miami who ended up being fired from his position because he like leaked or he was like putting people's photographs, their surgery photographs without consent on social media. And like was like doing really disgusting things with like like writing like like doing hashtags like about like right like just racist hashtags calling like Asian people these awful things, and it was like really really disgusting. And then yeah, there's like a whole list you could probably find it on, on Reddit. His name is Doctor Salgado in Miami. Um, and yeah, I almost went to him. I had a consultation, and we sat down and we like talked about. Um, like surgery and he was like one of those people that were like yeah so i don't require that you get laser um he was like but you know if you want to get it you can get it but like i'm really good i any he, he was like really hyping himself he was like i'm really good um no one's ever had an issue with like laser with hair growing back i always cut it all off so you don't have to get it if you don't want to spend that extra money if you don't have it because i'll do it i'll get it all off and so that's kind of like how he his attitude was which i don't recommend do not do that if 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 it's like if you have the opportunity to do something for your surgery in order to help it and it, but even though it is extra money go out of your way and do it because you you're going to have this thing for the rest of your life you're going to whether whatever surgery it is if they require some little thing go out of your way to do it because it's important and like i mean yeah it's um suggested for a reason so I, I definitely recommend like doing that and um making sure you uh listen to what your surgeon kind of um hopefully your well-researched surgeon from my case it wasn't but um yeah so it definitely is really really important and um so yeah when it comes to like stuff like that laser has always scared me in like pubic regions just because like like my face hurt really bad like i cannot fucking imagine and like it's always like really nerve wracking too, because like yeah, how do you like how do you make how it's it's so scary because how do you tell that to like the the laser people? It's like hi, like I'm a transgendered. Can you like help me with this? Because like I always feel really awkward. Like I'm getting laser in my face again, um, and I started that recently. And he asked me, he was like, um, you know, what? Why are why is your why do you feel like? Or like, why are you getting this? Why is hair growing on your face? While he was doing it, and he was asking me. And I was like, uh, he was like, have you seen a doctor about it? And I was like, yeah, I'm seeing some doctors about it. And he was like, well, what is it? Like, why, why are you having hair growing on your face? And so I told him I'm trans. And then he, and then like, yeah. And so like, it's like really hard to kind of come out to people when you just don't want to. And so in those situations, I'm like, oh, like, even though they're like there to help you and they're supportive, it's still just kind of like, it feels like, I don't know, like, I don't want to. It's so stressful. Like, I don't like looking at certain parts of myself. So like the fact that I have to sit there and expose myself to like a complete stranger, that's horrifying to me. Like, I, I don't know. It's just like, it's such a weird place to like, get it, you know, like, you can like, I don't even know how to explain it. It's just awkward like I mean I get like people get their ass their asses like bleached or whatever but like 
this seems like a little bit more hands-on. Like they have to go in and like, I don't know if they have to like spread eagle you. Like what is, I don't know. Like if anyone has had electrolysis down there, can you please let me know? Because like, I, I still don't know because out. like, because like I've always heard like you need electrolysis in your pubic area. So I just assumed it was like upper pubic area, but then I've heard recently that it's like, no, it's like, it's like everywhere. So like my and surgeon, like, they sent me an electrolysis map and it's literally like a diagram of somebody's like oh paint and it tells you <laughs> exactly where you need to get lasered. So like, I'm just going to show up and be like, um, can you just like, <laughs> like, just get me all over in these places. Thank you. And like it's it's awful because you 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 have to go back for at least six sessions, so it's not like one and done. Like because electrolysis works in like hair growth cycles, so every six weeks you have to go back and get another like session done. So it's like it's not it's not it's not that it's like one time and it's like you know whatever I'll get over it. It's like going to be bad for this one time. It's like oh you have to deal with it like these six times. So like it's yeah I like. Uh, the things we do. Also, like, and, I, and I'm assuming you feel the same, like, once you've already been living your life a certain way, you've already kind of been, like, like, you don't go to that many doctor appointments anymore for your transition. You just kind of, your transition has slowed down a lot because, like, like, you are who you are now. You're taking your hormones. Everything's kind of plateaued, but not necessarily in a bad way. You're just more comfortable with yourself. And, like, that's how I am for me. But now going into surgery and having to verify my transness is so weird because it feels like I'm kind of going backwards where I'm like, I'm going back to this place that I was like when I first started transitioning and kind of like trying, like, like begging everyone to like help me. And so that's what it feels like again, kind of like revisiting, like me being trans. And like when I go into situations where I'm like, Oh, will you do this for me? And I needed to get it done because I'm trans. Like whether that's like me getting letters like when I'm in therapy, I don't talk about my transition anymore, but now I had to go to my therapist and be like, hey, can you write me this letter, please? Even though we don't talk about this. So it's like a weird like thing of having to revisit that stuff and having to verify who you are, especially when you've been living like that for forever. That's true. Like it makes you feel like either you're going backwards or like you're behind, like you should have done this a while ago because like yeah kind of like you like my biggest stresses in life don't really revolve around me being trans anymore like I have bigger things to stress out about I got bills I my job like I'm I don't think about that on a normal basis anymore so like having all of like your life stresses on top of having to revert back to trying to prove that you're trans and that this is a surgery that you need to get because it's going to help you it's just very overwhelming. So yeah, I think a lot of the times that's, or I mean, for me, speaking from personal experience, like that's the reason I put off bottom surgery so long. It's just like, I kind of just started living my life and just like living basically and forgetting about my transition or obviously not forgetting about my transition, but it's gotten to a point where like, it's not something that I'm constantly having to worry about. And I only see my doctor like every year and a half and I don't have to go to these constant checkups or I don't have to go to therapy anymore. So it's like, I feel like I'm content, but I'm still missing that piece of me that I can get with surgery. And it's like, I have to relive everything. It's like, I'm a baby again. Yeah. And I think another thing too, is that like, like I've been living myself, like people perceive me and I've been like, like presenting myself like as a woman for the past six years and it's got, I've been getting misgendered less and less over the time up until like recently where it never really happens ever. Um, it only ever happens at doctor's appointments, but that's because fuck doctors. But um, um, yeah, so it never really happens anymore. Like I'm living my life as who I want to be. And then having to go back and be telling everyone I'm trans, like not that I'm ashamed of my transness, but it feels like I'm I'm being othered and it feels gross because I'm like, I'm having to like, revisit all these places, tell people I'm trans and like do all this stuff. So I'm feeling othered and not feeling sort of like who I have become. It's like, yeah, it's, it's like, it's an icky, weird feeling that it's like really hard to revisit. So yeah, but it, it is that weird thing where it's like, did I wait too long to get surgery? But I mean, there's not really a, like, there's not a time limit for when you can get surgery. 
And I, and I hate when people do have that pressure on like, oh, this is like your five-year plan when you're like trans. Like, I don't like that. Because when I was getting a consultation the first time, uh, I got it when I was like 21. I had my consultation for bottom surgery. And there was a woman there who was an, a patient advocate for the surgeon. She was trans. She was an older trans woman. And she was like, yeah, you need to get it now before you're too old. Like, I got it at 18 and like, I don't regret it. Like, you need to get it now. You need to get it early. You need to get it now. She kept emphasizing that. And it pissed me off because like there isn't a time limit for when you should get surgery. Do it on your own terms. Like everything should be like when you get surgery, it should be on your own consent. It should be when you want it. Even if like you decide you wanted to get it and like last minute, you're just like, you know what? I don't want it anymore. You have full consent and willingness to say that and do that because it's all in your time. And um, yeah, I don't like when there's all that pressure because I feel like a lot of times there can be. Yeah, there is a lot of pressure and there there's like no general trajectory for a transition. I feel like that's something that we've brought up a lot of the times. It's like you get caught up in comparing yourself to other people and like wanting to get all the surgeries or like if you see somebody that's been on hormones for two years and they already have FFS and they already have bottom surgery, you're like, oh my God, I'm behind, blah, blah, blah. And I think it's important to factor in like everybody's at a different stage in their life. Like even if somebody's younger than you, they may be in a position or they may be financially able to do things that you maybe can't do right now. And that doesn't mean anything in regards to you or make you any less of a person. It's just like people have access to different things. And unfortunately, where the world is now, you need resources in order to get those surgeries. And some people have access to them early on more early earlier than others and some people have to wait a little bit and that's just how it is i feel like with everything so again like it's not to say that you need to get your surgery at 18 or within your first year of hormones you need to have your whole life figured out like i think that's that's pretty much everything in for everything in life like there isn't a roadmap for one person you kind of just go with the flow and do whatever works best for you And, but yeah, and I, and I agree. And I think with surgery, there's a lot of things that you have to like prep for obviously, but the surgery, you know, I think in those moments too, it's important to like, like take it lightly, even though it can be stressful. I think it's important to like, even joke about the situation just to kind of like, just like, I don't know, make it, make it more fun. Cause like right now I'm in the process of getting top surgery and, um, and one of the requirements that I had to do was I had to like do the, it was something called the rice test where I fill up a bag of rice. This is what I dropped at the beginning of the episode that made a bunch of noise. But I filled up like a like pantyhose of rice and like different like size amounts and like put it and stuff it in a bra and then kind of decide from there if I want that the size implant for me. And so it was just really fun because I like was like messing with different sizes. I was taking pictures and sending it to friends. And it was just really fucking fun to just like put like bags of rice in my titties and just be like, do I want this size? Do I want this size? And um, yeah, I, I I think like in those moments too, it's like it's fun to just be like to be able to have, like laugh about it because, you know, surgery can be scary. And for me, I'm like really afraid of it. But um, it is it is nice to kind of like look at this and be like, you know, this is probably going to not actual rice, but like this is going to be inside me one day possibly. And so I thought it was um, I think it's like cute and like it's fun to take those moments and like make them fun and exciting. Yeah, I'm going to go to my top surgeon and say, can I have four cups of rice, please, in my boo? <laughs> I think that's like a good amount. Four cups of rice. Four cups of rice. <laughs> I should see. Sorry, I should see what that actually transcends. Oh my god! To. Imagine it's like triple M's or something. Oh but I. Oh my god! Are you okay? Is there a ghost in your? Unplugged my light. Oh, okay. Well, like, yeah, I, I do agree that you know it's important to joke around, and it's it's a very serious thing. But I think. For a lot of people, for me specifically, like I use humor to like mask when I'm uncomfortable sometimes. So whatever works for you to like get you through the stress, you should do that. 
Yeah. Has there been any um other things in regards to like your surgery that like are those like prereqs or are there things that you have to get done beforehand that are like um so I mean it's not applicable to me, but I do know a lot of surgeons require you to like be on hormone replacement therapy for a certain amount of time. Right. I think like the general requirement is like one year on hormones and maybe like one year like presenting as the gender you identify as, which is also kind of stupid because like, you know, not everyone can do that. And just because you don't doesn't mean that you shouldn't be able to get the surgery. But that's that's another big thing that most places require is like a certain time frame on HRT and also like experience living in your preferred gender I guess and yeah and um I'm trying to find the rice test so I can see what four cups of I feel rice like that's a lot that's a lot of rice okay yeah that's <laughs> that's not even on the list because like right now I was gonna I'm gonna get 175 cc that's what I've decided it was gonna be 225 but like over the past like few months I've just decided that like you know, I, I kind of want to wait or I kind of want to be smaller. I don't want to go too big. I want a small chest. I don't, I just want a chest. So I don't, I don't even care. I just, but I, I want it small. Um, and so I've decided I'm going to do 175 cc. This is right here is 225 worth of rice. So how many yeah. is that? <laughs> so um, 175, which is what I want to get is 0.74 um, cups of rice. Oh, wow. So 700 cc is 2.96 cups of rice. So four cups of rice. I don't even know what that's like over 1500 cc. Oh my God. Well, I love like eating rice. It's my favorite food. So I just thought it was very relatable <laughs> for me to like talk about my boob size in rice. Yeah, I love that. I'm like so excited, but I'm also like, um, for my surgery, like this has like been like one of those things that's been been put on hold a bunch. And when it comes to like top surgery, it is an easier surgery to prep for because the like the healing time is not as crazy as like bottom surgery. Bottom surgery is like healing can be like, I mean, you essentially are healing for like a year and then you have to keep like making sure that that you're dilating and like um, even when you stop dilating less and less, you still have to keep making sure that there is some sort of dilation. Um, yeah. And so when it comes to like breast augmentations you're just kind of like um all right two weeks i'm like laying in bed but then afterwards like everything's good and like you just have titties <laughs> i mean technically it's like two months worth of time you should be like kind of resting but um like within two weeks everything is like pretty much settled and you start kind of getting back into the group of things and um yeah my surgeon was like really like nonchalant about the whole thing because like uh, it seems like he's really just like you know everything's gonna be okay which is really nice, especially for someone like me who's scared of everything. Um, but yeah, and it, it, it is interesting to kind of see the different methods of breast augmentation. I was very unaware of like the different types of like, like there's like silicone um, implants, there's saline implants, um, and uh, there's like different sort of styles. There's round, there's um, teardrop ones, and uh, like, yeah, and for the longest time too, I was like looking up, um, like, oh, which one should I do? Should I do silicone? Should I do saline? And I've always heard horror stories of silicone. I was like, oh my God, like if that explodes, you're going to die with saline. If it pops, it just kind of goes in your system. But then like talking to the surgeon and like rediscovering things, I was like, oh wow, like, like silicone is actually a lot safer than it. Like, I feel like it's horror. Like people like make it out to be. And, um, so I'm going for a silicone round, uh, implant and I'm really excited for it. And, um, yeah, it's going to be really cool once I get it done. I did have to put it on pause cause I was in the car accident and I'm just trying to focus right now on getting my body back to where it needs to be. But, you know, obviously once everything kind of gets back into play, um, uh, the surgery is coming up and it's going to be a lot of fun. So, even though there's like this a lot, there's a lot of stress with like having to like figure out how to deal with surgery. It is really, really fun to be able to, you know, be excited about it because it's like, oh, my life is going to, you know, be incredible and it's going to be 
really, really awesome to just be able to kind of, you know, be myself and have what I always wanted to have. Yeah, I agree. So when we both get our surgeries, we're going to do a show and tell. Um, so you're going to be able to see everything. We're all on our OnlyFans. All on our yeah, OnlyFans. The girlish yeah. OnlyFans. It's coming. Or our Patreon, right? Um, yeah. So like, if you want to see <laughs> us, you know, and our new friends, you can go ahead and subscribe to our OnlyFans. And, you know, I don't know. You can request some pictures. I'm just kidding. I'm not going to do that. That's too much. <laughs> I've sold nudes before. So honestly... Oh, yeah. I mean, give me a dollar amount. As long as I'm fully healed and it looks okay, then I mean, okay. If you want to pay me, that's fine. It's yeah. for educational purposes. <laughs> I mean, may, if, if there's a situation where, like, I feel like there's a story that I need to tell with my surgery, then there's a possibility that I would share it for some sort of educational purpose, which I think could be interesting. But that's only because top surgery, I feel like titties are like, I mean, people should have, like, if men can be shirtless, women can be shirtless. Like, I don't know. Honestly, I wouldn't mind sharing my boobs. Yeah. Like, I feel like, um, because it, it, I feel like it's, they're, they're just boobs. Like, they're nothing crazy. Mm-hmm. And I feel like they're often over-sexualized. But, yeah. um, yeah, I think it's, I think it's something that I'd be willing to, like, share. And, um, especially when it's healing and stuff, it'd be really interesting. That honestly might be something, now I'm thinking in my head, like, what can I do? Like, how can I, like be informative about it because that's something I always wish that I had was like some sort of person kind of like showing me what it looks like how it's healing so I think that might be I will say if you're specifically for bottom surgery if I would not advise going on google search and typing bottom surgery trans woman Mm -hmm. don't do that because they're gonna show you like surgery like vaginas right out of the operating table or ones that have had complications so it kind of just gives you like a false sense of what to expect i would recommend reaching out to your surgeon and asking them to provide you with a list of all of the patients that that they've worked on because the photos that they can show you oh my god hi fig yeah she's saying hi (laughs) the photos that they can show you are going to be like after they've healed And like, they'll give you a better expectation of what to see. So yeah, stay away from Google. Google like always has the worst images. So like, don't do that. You're going to like stress yourself out and it's just not a good idea. So I will say that as my like final note, don't go on Google and search it up. That's how, yeah, it's, it's, I've done that and it's like such a bad, bad, bad mistake because yeah, you're going to just be given those images that are like that are shared to like scare and um and like yeah I don't know I've done that with like even breast augmentation it's hard to find like, good pictures I felt I feel like um, especially like if you try to google of like trans women um with the breast augmentation like like how it's healed and everything like that and um <clears throat> and on google too it's like a lot of times I feel like breast augmentations are so like large and it's like something that's like completely not what I'm trying to do and um, so it's like hard for me to like find people with similar body types and do stuff like that. So uh, yeah, I think it's important to like, when you're talking with a surgeon, ask them for their personal photos, because then you can kind of get an idea. Um, <clears throat> but yeah, I think with that being said, I'm not sure if you have anything left to talk about in regards to surgery or anything. Not really. Just like do your research. I think that's obviously the most important thing. Do your research in terms of who you go to see and also do your research on what is typically required because again, it'll save you a lot of time, potentially a lot of money too, by knowing like going into it, what you need to do so that you can get that all set up. And then by the time that you actually want to get surgery, you've already got your doctors and therapists and electrolysis done. And you just have to worry about when to schedule your, your surgery date. So it'll make your life a lot easier. So learn from our mistake. (laughs) And I also want to say too, because a lot of times I'm in the South, so there's not that many people that can do bottom surgery, do specific surgeries for trans people. Um, And it's really hard to find. And the ones that you do find, sometimes you feel like are your only hope or your only choice. And so you're desperate and you want to like get them. 
for the bottom surgery. I was going to get it with that guy in Miami. Then I had her, but I, after that consultation, I had a really bad vibe and I was like, I can't do this. So I ended up not going through with it, even though my insurance took, like he took my insurance and that, and like, that was the only person that took my insurance. Um, I did not end up going through with it. And then that whole situation ended up happening where he was fired because he was sharing people's like private photos. So even though you may think it's like your only choice and like you just are desperate, I would suggest like honestly really, really looking into the surgeon and and doing like making sure that this is a safe decision that and like a foolproof decision that you want. Don't do it because you're it's the only way you can do it with your insurance. Because if that's the case, then the United States is fucked. And it's like hard to say that like you can like possibly find insurance, a different insurance company or like get it somewhere else. But I would really recommend being safe and doing full research into your surgeon and making sure that that they will take care of you, that they aren't doing this for just some money, that they are actually wanting to help you. And so I think that's really, really important. Yeah, I agree. Especially like... Without surgery, the cost of bottom surgery, or without insurance, the cost of bottom surgery is like a car, like a decent car. Or actually a car, or like a Tesla. down payment on a house. So like <laughs> yeah. with that money, like you have to realize like how extreme, like how much of a big scale and like an importance of your life this is. So like don't settle for a surgeon that's like, 20 minutes away from you because you think that's going to be the easiest option. Like I live in LA. There's so many options I have in LA, but I'm going to Arizona. So like you really have to think, you know, like maybe you might have to pay a little bit extra for a plane ticket to get to where you need to go, but you have to invest in like what you're getting and realize like how much money you could potentially be paying for something that's going to change your life forever. So yeah, I mean, if, if that's your only option, like, yes, if you feel like that's a good option for you, then you can do it. But I think you have to like broaden your horizons a little bit if it's possible for you and look outside of your town or your state or city even, and think what's the best option or who's going to give you the best results that work for you. And I think that's a good way to wrap it up and, um, yeah, just finish off this conversation. Um, I think it's, yeah, it's really important to just make sure that you're going to someone who is, who, you know, who's reputable, who even like word of mouth is so important and so incredible. If you even know someone like a friend who's trans, who are willing to kind of show you the results of surgery that they possibly had, or they, they've heard things and it's really important to, I think, listen to that. Because the internet's filled with a bunch of different resources and a bunch of different people all promoting themselves. And like, it's easy to kind of get trapped in the area, like only looking your area. But sometimes the best surgeons are like cities away from you or even states away from you. And so definitely recommend just like, like talking with other trans people, um, just like finding, you know, different people's experiences, reading like Reddit reviews that people have a lot. So yeah, doing a bunch of that kind of stuff. But with that being said, I'm so thankful and happy that we're able to have this conversation because surgery is really intimidating. And I know like even now, like it's, it's a really big fear of mine. I'm so scared of surgery. And a lot of times I like feel like I'm going to chicken out last minute because like setting up my breast augmentation, I was like having nightmares every night, like right after doing it. And it was like two months away. And I just like felt like every day my heart was going to explode because I was having panic attacks just because I'm, I'm scared of like surgery, surgery scary. So I can understand like why, you know, it could be a scary thing and how it could be a very hard thing. But at the end of the day, there's community, there's support that you have and everything's going to be okay. Like so many people get these surgeries and you're going to be safe. And if you have a great doctor, they're going to take really good care of you. So I think that's really important to kind of say. Yeah. So, I mean, it's, it's a very stressful situation and this takes a lot of planning but just try and stay calm and eventually the time will come for you to get surgery and then you can continue living your life as happy as can be so yeah i hope you guys enjoyed this episode um i hope it provided some impact 
or usefulness to anybody that is planning surgeries. Again, nothing that we say obviously is set in stone. Like it's obviously going to vary depending on where you live and who you're seeing. But I think overall it's good to do your research. That was pretty much the main point of today's episode is to encourage you to actually look into where you're going and not to get caught up in just the idea of actually having the surgery, but kind of figuring out what you need in order to get it so that your life is a lot less stressful than it needs to be. Exactly. And so with that being said, thank you guys so much for listening. Uh, We really appreciate it. You can follow us everywhere on Instagram, Twitter, Facebook, anywhere, just at Girlish Podcast. Um, We even have a TikTok at Girlish Podcast. We also have a YouTube channel. Just look us up, Girlish Podcast. But all of those links are available on our website, girlishpodcast.com. So follow us there. You know, we're always as active as we can be, and we try to be um, really responsive. So if you ever want to message us or anything, please feel free to reach out out through there. But also, we have our video format now, which is really great. So you can kind of see our faces while we're, like, doing these uh, podcasts. And it's really, really it's awesome because now we're able to see each other's faces, which we've been recording pretty much since the beginning without doing that. So it's really hard to kind of gauge, like, uh, no pun intended, but like gauge people's um, uh, like uh, vibe or like how they're like, like to like play off each other's energy. So it's like hard to do that when it's just like audio only. So it's really nice that we're able to kind of see each other. So if you want to see this dynamic, our beautiful faces, subscribe to us on YouTube. Um, But yeah, thank you for um, listening and I'll see you guys in the next one. Bye. Stream Nikki's album. Yes. (laughs) Bye.